Hello and welcome back to Division One Rejects. This is episode five. Once again with your host, Kobe Manzo. I'm joined in the dorm once again by my man, Zach Keen on the board. Zach, how are you doing today? What's going on? And we have a new one on yes, Division One Rejects today. Welcome, Michael Neff. Mike, how are you doing, boss? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm excited to get to talk uh, today a lot about a lot of college football. We have a fellow Lions fan on the podcast. We yes, outnumber sir. Zach now two to one from Lions to Packers. Oh, no, you always did, but... Yeah, that's true, but Connor was a, a less vocal Lions fan. He kind of just uh, yeah, I guess. agreed with some of the, the concepts. But uh, today, the headline really for this podcast, and I know Sports Illustrated wrote a long article about it, Nick Saban. We want to talk about him at length and how he was saved by a women's soccer player at Texas A&M. Also, later in the podcast, I want to talk, like we said, with the Lions fan, a potential comeback season for our Detroit Lions as they move into week six or seven of the NFL season. We'll talk about NMU, who is experiencing a football shutdown right now. We are unable to practice due to COVID, so stay tuned to find out about that. And uh, per usual, this podcast is recorded in my dorm room. We'll have a video available on YouTube, so if you're watching on YouTube, hello. But also, if your friends are looking to find Division One Rejects, tell them to find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.m, pretty much wherever they listen to podcasts. So, Fellas, today I want to start with college football. And like I said, Nick Saban, he came back to coach in that win over Georgia. That was huge. Number two versus number three. One of the biggest games in college football hyped up throughout the week. And this was really the benefit of a rule that was only nine days old in the SEC. So this is the point that I want to talk about. Because over a month ago, a women's soccer player at Texas A&M tested positive for COVID-19. Right. She claimed she didn't do anything to really put her in a situation where she would be exposed to the virus. She was wearing a mask. She was socially distancing. She was doing all the right things. So she was very confused why this is happening. We've seen false positives before, but we've never really seen them at this this high of a level. So what she did, is she got tested at a local student health center on campus. And then she after this, she showed the school and the school said, OK, well, we'll test you again. So they tested her three consecutive times, 24 hours apart. And after this, they determined that it was a, a false positive test. So basically, she was allowed to participate in soccer activities again. SEC comes together. They draft a new rule based on her experience. Nine days later, Coach Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama football, goes down with COVID. But wait a minute. No, it wasn't COVID. It was a false positive. I would have never saw this coming, but... How he probably didn't even know about this, right? He probably didn't even know about this. And for that to have that big of an impact, I think that's awesome. And for it to come to light like this on the biggest stage, did you catch any of that uh, Alabama game? And how big was it for them to have Saban back on the sideline? Uh, I caught a lot of that uh, Bama game, but Sweet. I definitely saw that, you know, Saban was needed in that game. And yeah. it was um, huge for Bama to have him. Um, but for this woman soccer player at Texas A&M, uh, you know, that whole thing, People were kind of curious about this whole situation the entire time about whether or not they someone could have a false positive or whether they were just asymptomatic the entire yeah. time. Um, but, you know, when a person like that is desperate to go back to, you know, whatever they were, you know, currently doing, um, you know, and they want to challenge the fact that it might be a false positive, that was good for Nick Saban to be able to be like, okay, this works for her, let me try it, and then ended up doing the same exact thing, and that was huge for Bama. Yeah, that was a big time thing. And I know, like you said, like someone could be asymptomatic, all those things. I personally had COVID-19 in early August. I had a runny nose for three days. You know, I never knew. And it affects every person individually. It affects them in different ways than the last person. And that's what makes this virus so unique 
and so terrible, really, in my opinion, because there's not there's no textbook symptoms like, okay, you know when you have the flu. Yeah. Like, you're going to be throwing up. You're going to be in bed with a fever, bed-bound for a couple of days. But I think that's the thing that sets us apart from so many other viruses or pandemics or anything is that you could literally be walking around and you have no idea that somebody could be infected. So um, I know just right now with us at Northern Michigan, we, um, unfortunately, our football activities have been postponed due to COVID. And we saw teams like Michigan Tech have been, you know, involved with a shutdown, and that was, you know, classes and football. Thankfully for us, we're still able to go to classes and operate, um, even though it's through Zoom and things like that. We are not really allowed to be in person at this time for football because of COVID, and we've seen teams across the GLIAC, this has happened to them, and for a spring season to happen, which is the plan right now, for an eight-game spring season, eight-game spring season to happen, excuse me, this is going to be something that we either solve or figure out how to deal with. And I think COVID's not going anywhere. I mean, I mean, you look at, not to get too off topic, but you look at MHSA, it's in the exact yeah. same area, and they're operating. They might shut down for a week because of a team that has a couple of COVID positives, but then the next week they're back and running. They yeah. just quarantine those certain players, and then they keep it going. And it's on, obviously, it's on a smaller scale, but, I mean, we're in between, like, high school football and like D1 college football, which are both operating. So I don't see why we wouldn't be able to have a season. Obviously there's so many different things that go into it, but you have no idea. And we've talked about this before. I mean, we are really, besides the MIAA and division three, we're really the only, uh, you know, football in Michigan that's not going on right now, which is, it sucks. It really does. And for those of you who do not know, MHSAA is the Michigan high school sports, uh, Sports, wait, Michigan, Michigan High School Athletic Association, excuse me. I've played in it. I should know what it stands for. <laughs> but, yes, the high schools are operating right now. All of our high schools, as far as I know, we're all playing, right? Yeah, nope. they're all playing. Yeah. They're not Sadly, all playing. Sadly, mine is not. Utica is not playing. No, they uh, last week they had a player go down, so – they missed this week and their wow. next playoff and the playoff game that they were promised. And uh, yeah, sadly, the their season has come to an abrupt stop. That's unfortunate. Yeah, um, exactly. I know. I know Lake Orion is playing. Unfortunately, they lost tonight. But to give those kids their senior season, I know without my senior season, I would not have any scholarship offers to play football at the next level. So that's huge for kids like that, and a lot of kids who are in the same boat. If you're not going Division One and you're not getting, hence Division One rejects. If you're not going Division One. You know, your junior year is really where you're going to get those looks from those mm -hmm. big-time schools. And if you come out of your junior year without looks like that, your senior year is all you have to put something on tape. Yeah. Yeah, not even offers-wise. Like, how many kids that aren't looking to play college football are missing out on, like, an experience like oh, totally. playing your senior year in college or high school football? I mean. Yeah, that's something you're never going to get back. Like, high school football is so finite. And exactly. don't get me wrong, college football very much is too. But high school football is something where – the community involvement is something that you're never going. I don't think you're ever going to replicate. It's completely different. It really is. It's a totally different dynamic. You have much more uh, involvement with the town. I guess at our level, it's it's you can kind of see like a smaller base, it's like a, a town like Marquette. That's a college town. But if you go to a big D one school where like like a East Lansing or a Wisconsin Madison Ann Arbor schools like that, you're not going to have that same level of connection with your fans and things like that. If you're playing in the big house, oh, opposed yeah, to agree. a high school field. Oh yeah. It's huge. So let's talk a little bit about, we talked about the GLIAC a little bit, but I wanted to go into, we had a couple more guys in the GLIAC this week that made some waves at the NFL level. A guy that we talked about last week was a Dolphins tight end, Adam Shaheen out of Ashland, who 
you know, we'll get we'll talk about Ashland in a second because they're actually moving out of the GLIAC, which I was unaware of. Yes, I know that that reaction out of Zach is exactly how I felt. I had no idea. But Adam Shaheen out of Ashland with back-to-back games with a touchdown as the Dolphins stomp the Jets 24-0. The Jets are absolutely atrocious at the football. They're 0-6, looking to uh, get Trevor Lawrence, who might just stay at Clemson. But besides the point, the 6'7", 260-pound Eagles alum finishes with three receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown, which... Is he going to start on your fantasy team? Probably not. But it's a D2 guy who's going out. He's making big-time plays. One of his catches, he had 351, but one of them was like 41 yards. It's a big, yeah. big-time play in the game. Obviously scoring. He's become a prominent red zone threat for the Dolphins. And now that's to his team, right? Yeah, we exactly. haven't even that's... we haven't even touched on that. But yeah. um, talk about Ashland a little bit. Yeah, they have announced. They actually announced like a month ago. It's pretty quiet. It was a quiet announcement. I was scrolling through Twitter, and I found it. Ashland is going to be out of the GLIAC after you know this year. What, what conference they're going to be playing? They're going to be playing in the GMAC. The GMAC. So the great uh, Midwest Athletic Conference, yeah, I believe. Th- yeah. So that uh, schools like Findlay, uh, schools like who else is in the GMAC that we know of? Uh, Hillsdale is currently yeah, Hillsdale, in the GMAC. Yeah. Um, so a lot of schools that actually used to be in the GLIAC, Hillsdale and Findlay. Yeah, those, both mm-hmm. of those teams. Both ex-GLIAC teams. So um, great competition still in that conference. You know, mm-hmm. not trying to put them down, but – Ashland won the GLIAC, I think, just two years ago. Yeah. And that, for a team to go, they finished third, or was it third or fourth this past year? I think it was third. They it were they were in third. They were top three. They, they were sure. finished third because Grand Valley was fourth. Because yeah, it was Grand Ferris was State, fourth. Wayne State, Ashland, and then Grand Valley. Because yeah. Ashland, and they, they actually had a chance they to finish second. Because yeah. Ashland beat Grand Valley on the Hail Mary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But the the game that a lot of people forget is that they had a overtime loss to Wayne State, a double overtime loss, I yeah. believe. So that those two games are within one score, and for Ashland to leave the league after the success, the amount of success they've been having, and the con- continued excuse me success, I, what do you think this is? You think it's a travel issue because they're out in Ohio, far away from a lot of these teams? What I is do it? think that probably had a very big um, you know impact. With that decision, just because you know the majority of the GLIAC, I think all the they're GLIAC the only GLIAC teams are all in Michigan. Are all you know placed in Michigan and Ohio? You know that I think that definitely has a part to, to do with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that probably might be one of the biggest, if not um, the only. But you know, because I don't, I don't want to say that they're running away from competition because they're definitely contenders in our league. I know, yeah. Like it'd be, so, a, it'd be very different if a school like on the bottom of the board was like, okay, like maybe it's our time to go play somebody else some, and win some games. Else. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. But if you're finishing third in the league and you're going to go play... Now, I have a feeling it's location. Yeah, I would assume that has a big part to play, a big role to play in it. It's not going to affect... It's still the Division two level. It's not going to affect their scholarships yeah. or program or funding, I would assume, anything like that. Um, it's definitely geographical. I don't know about you yeah. guys, but like when you look at the GLIAC, you see all these teams, and Ashland definitely seems like an oddball. It does. Because yeah. it's not in Michigan. Every single other school is in Michigan and in cities around Michigan that you've heard of, and Ashland's... The only out of state. Yeah, it, it's definitely odd. Um, but another guy from the GLIAC who's making waves at the NFL level, you've probably heard this guy before, Matthew Judon for the Baltimore Ravens. He's outside linebacker for them, and he, the Baltimore Ravens defense has looked pretty solid, even though the Eagles kind of had their way with them a little bit in the second half of that game, but he made a huge play, stopped the Eagles from getting a two-point conversion to tie the game late in the fourth quarter. Carson Wentz, it was kind of a weird I, they, they were trying to run like an option play, and he got mixed up with the running back before yeah. trying to run to the end zone. But, hey, kudos to Judon. He was there. He made the play. Huge yeah. time player for the Ravens. Uh, their defensive line, their front seven is 
solid right now. Yeah, so definitely. those are two guys right now for the GLIAC that I think uh, we should keep an eye on for the next couple of weeks. We had a couple other guys, too, in the past couple of weeks that have made some big-time plays. But I wanted to say the NFL, our takes were kind of cold. Last week, our takes, yeah, our were, takes were off. Our takes were our, our off, takes were dude. Off. They were bad. So, Mike, obviously, you weren't here. Yeah, the three of us took the Browns over the Steelers. We were, <laughs> dude, I we honest. were riding. Yeah. We were riding the dog pound train, and that just shot us in the foot. And then, on top of that, to make things worse, we're like, oh, like even as a Lions fan, I was kind of respecting like the Packers. You know, they, they've really put it together this year. They've yeah. got the weapons. Aaron Rodgers is playing peak level football. What did they? They went go. They go to Tampa and. All of a sudden, the Tampa uh, Bay Gronkineers. No, it just came out flat. Yeah, dismantled. It's, it's, it's all it was. Okay, it's a, it's just a fluke. Okay, that's a fluke? fluke. It's fluke just game. a fluke. It's a whatever fluke. helps you it's sleep at night. Put it in no, the review mirror. I I sleep perfectly at night. Four and one. I'm still <laughs> I'm still chilling. No, so we talked about Aaron Rodgers' dominance leading the number one ranked Packers. They were yeah. number one in the power yeah. rankings. Then he throws two interceptions, and one of them was a pick six. And I know you said one of them was you don't you know they got his fault, which in the books it's all the same. But yeah. It, yeah, it was know. tipped, and but the, exactly the pick six. I would just like to put it out for the record. Oh, okay. That was his third of his entire career. Yeah, his it's entire wild. career. It's so. wild. I think I want to say it's like like one in every like five or six thousand passes has been yeah, a exactly. pick six. So for him to do that, and and Tom Brady's thrown one in like his last like three 30. games or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so it's he's definitely still playing great football. He just came out, and I think he did. He just come out flat. I think that's a pretty good way to yeah. say it. Um, but all three of us thought the dog bomb would come out on top. Uh, at Heinz Field, they got destroyed, thirty-eight to seven. And we talked about how Just that Steelers, off. the Steelers team, played nobody, right? They yeah, they, playing, they, they didn't play anyone. They really didn't they were, play anybody. They, there was no right? competition. There in was any not of the games one team that played. They played with a, a record above five hundred. We learned that this week that that Steelers defense is more than legit, and oh, they exactly. are qualified to take people out. Okay. They have the Titans this week, so that's yeah, five that's and zero an against five game. and zero, and that. Interesting is a good way to say it because uh, the Titans' offense looked dominant with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill yeah. had a hell of a game. I think he's mm-hmm. I think he's underrated. Right? Ryan Tannehill is playing with his chip on his shoulder because obviously the run they had last year was all predicated yeah. on oh Derrick Henry and that offensive line. He's got weapons. Yeah, exactly. Right, he's got weapons out there and he throws the ball very well. He can move out of the pocket and make plays and he reads defenses very well. They looked really good against Houston, who put together a great game, by the way, even though they're sitting at one and five. Yeah. But that Titans Steelers game is going to be sick. I yeah. mean, Titans have good wide receivers, too. They do. AJ Brown's an elite wide receiver. Yeah. Only is his sophomore year, right? Second yeah. year. Yeah. Second year. I mean, DK, they both came out of Ole Miss. Yeah. Year. Yeah. And they also have Corey Davis out of Western. Yep. Was pr- he was really good when AJ Brown, I think, was hurt. Producing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, they really do have weapons across the board and that offensive line for them. But one person from that lineup I know is going to be out. Let's see. I know I had it written down here somewhere. But uh, Taylor Luan, the yeah. left tackle, the uh, the very well-spoken left tackle who I believe actually has a podcast, right? I think Luan has a podcast. I gotta Luan listen. does have a podcast. I got to listen to it. But I know, I know he has a podcast. So that was something that uh, I wanted to look for this week, especially when you're looking at the outside linebackers of Pittsburgh with TJ Watt coming off the outside, potentially against him, that front seven um, with uh, Cameron Hayward and those type of guys, that's going to be a huge loss for the Titans and trying to get that pass game going because TJ Watt is definitely more of a prominent pass rusher, but he's still good on the run too. I mean, he's a a stout defender all in all, but he definitely is 
more of a... His game is pass rushing. His game sure, is definitely more predicated on pass rushing. But what do you think... Uh, I think, for me, it's going to be the Pittsburgh offense stepping up, and that's yeah. what's going to need to get them the win. I mean, honestly, they stepped up against the Browns. They did. They I put think up, that yeah. showed um, pretty apparently. But uh, it was more of... I, th- I think Big Ben having his way, and he was just, you know, tearing it up that game. And, uh, you know, Brown's defense does- wasn't, you know, necessarily the doormat of the league. So no, no, they were no, playing no. up against a pretty good defense. So, um, you know, obviously I think uh, Titans defense is probably going to be a little better than the Browns. Yeah. But not by much. I don't think it's going to be anything where it's like um, they go from scoring 38 to, you know, below 10 or anything like that. I don't think they're going to be – um, held to anything under 10, but still. I yeah, mean, so uh, go ahead, go ahead. Man. I mean, the Titans' defense does have a couple playmakers. They've got they Davion Clowney, Kevin Byard. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got some playmakers that could give Big Ben in the offense. Oh, yeah, some exactly. problems. Yeah, and all it takes really – I mean, Big Ben has been super durable throughout his career, obviously. I mean, he's – Big Ben. He, he's Big Ben for a reason. Yeah. But he's been injury-prone as of late, and one wrong hit to Big Ben could be disastrous for then, Pittsburgh right now. Um, you know, broken head guy goes in. Exactly, and then Rudolph yeah. goes in, and then he gets smacked with his own helmet, yeah. which thankfully we saw no altercation of any sort, and uh, there were no headlines. So hey, yeah, exactly. We're moving on, right? We're moving on. But hey, that anyways, was a win for Miles Garrett. Let's just put it that way. That was a win for Miles Garrett. Luan tore his ACL, the left tackle for Tennessee, uh, during Sunday's game against the Texans, and tweeted on Monday addressing his injury. He said, "Don't feel sorry for me. I'm going to handle this rehab like a pro and come back better than ever." So I love the attitude out of him, and I, I need to check out his podcast. I heard he has a great uh, personality for that type of thing. But we talk about Tannehill and how he's underrated. Here's his stat line from Sunday's game against the Texans. 30 for 41, 366 yards, four touchdowns with that one interception. And Deshaun Watson really had a comparable stat line with 335 yards and four touchdowns of his own. But uh, that deciding factor was Derrick Henry, and we talked about that. Um, Derrick Henry had over 200 yards in the night, and we saw that 94-yard house call, right? And then the they put him at Wildcat in overtime, and they said, we're going to give the go- the ball to our best player, and you can try, you can pretty much try and stop him before he gets to the end zone. Yeah, and that's – honestly, I feel like that's just been the story of the Titans so far. Bully ball. Derrick Henry um, is just a bully for the rest of yeah. you know, the NFL defenses. So um, it's just we haven't necessarily seen – a running back built like him. No, that he's can built run, different. That can run, you know, <laughs> as fluid as he can. Yeah, he moves so that, well and he's so large. Big. So it's was, it, that's like trying to tackle a defensive end that, you know, really knows how to run the ball. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was flying on that 94-yard touchdown. Yeah, exactly. and he said, he, after the game, he said, I got to be faster. Oh, yeah. He, he said, said it he wasn't fast enough. Yeah, he's got to get to like 22 miles per hour. Yeah. He's got to be faster. So That's like, scary. It is scary. That, that's so terrifying. That's so extremely scary for a guy, like you said, that size and like just built the way that he is. Yeah, exactly. The stiff arm. We haven't even talked about the stiff arm oh, on that dude. His oh, wingspan. Oh. His wingspan has to be unreal. He took Norman like he was a child, like a small oh, child, yeah. and just threw over. him to the sideline. So I... I'm not really sure. And the Texans, for me, they are one in five. We talked about this a little bit yeah. earlier off the podcast. And, um, they're one in five, and they're one in five for a reason. They've had some issues in the locker room. Supposedly, J.J. Watt came out and called out the staff and some other things, but none of that really has come to light, like in official reporting. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not really going to believe any of that until somebody reports it mm-hmm. and um, there's an article written about it or anything like that. But they're playing good football. They're mm-hmm. not playing bad football. I think 
this week and the next coming weeks, I think we might have a, see a chance for a couple Texans wins. Yeah. Um, but the other side of the NFL, let's talk about our Detroit Lions. This is what I wanted to talk about. At the beginning of the year, Detroit fans, although we don't get our hopes up very often, right? We talked about this. We don't get our hopes up, and that's for good reason, right? Because you do not want to be let down. But then when you begin the year and you look solid, and then even in the beginning of pretty much every game, Detroit comes out and they usually score first. They come out and they start playing well. They do. And then for some reason, it drops off. But really, this year, it seemed like all the pieces were coming together. Patricia, no more excuses. You know, he's in his third year. He's trying to put things together. You got Stafford back, supposedly healthy and as good as ever. You got uh, the running back room that has really filled out with carry on. You got Swift and then the mentor in AD. So, or AP. Well, he really goes by both, uh, right? Uh, yeah, it's they, all day one. and then AP. I but mean, it was a good signing. He's been playing well for his. He age has. And then and the mentorship, the mentorship for carry on younger guys like carry on and Swift. Mm-hmm. I think that's super important. And you got this wide receiver core coming back with Marvin Jones and Galladay and people on the line that are filling in. All these pieces are coming together for the Lions. The offense is looking good, but big question mark is on defense. Yes. So right now, really, the NFC North has been way more competitive than it has been in past years as far as teams have really come out. Obviously, the Packers have been a mainstay, right? They've been playing good football the last couple of years. But this year, more so than most. And then all of a sudden, the Bears come out of nowhere, and they're 5-1, and and they've got a hell of a season going on, even though they can't decide who their freaking quarterback is. Right, yeah. they're putting together a gear. Yeah, but they're five and one. You know, I don't they know are how. Five and one until I don't know how they're five and one. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know how they're five and one, but they are five and one, and they're winning meaningful football games. But uh, the Lions, we won't really talk about the Vikings because they're one and five, and they can't figure out how to play football. But they're just a lost cousin. They- hey, the Bears, by the way, <laughs> bad football team. But yeah, Justin, resident Bears fan here. But um, to eighty-five the Lions, Bears. The Lions. I think the Lions, this is their time. This is the time, and this is their time to prove that this could still be the year for Detroit. And it's, it's been coming later. Don't laugh. It's been coming later than I would have would have liked, I would have expected. We just beat the Jags 34-16. Jacksonville, not a great football team. I acknowledge that fully. But this sets them up. They got a little bit of momentum going into these next six weeks. Let me tell you a little bit about these next six weeks. Guess what we have? Falcons, Colts, Vikings, Washington, Carolina, and Houston. The combined records of these teams are 11 and 25. So I'm not trying to, you know, make make out the Lions to be this great superpower of a team. I'm trying to tell you their opponents are going to stink. That's basically what I'm trying to tell you. Now, the two games that I see here, the Colts are playing pretty good football. The Panthers are playing decent football, too. Those two games are, are going to be tough wins. And the one, I believe, is in Indianapolis. So that's... We're going to be lucky to get away with that one. But a Fal- the Falcons, the Vikings, and Washington, they're still trying to figure out how to feel the team. As far as I'm concerned, those are three games that if, if the Lions don't win those three games, I've completely given up on this season and possibly the franchise at this point, and I, I don't even know what to say. I am actually extremely, you know, um, just surprised that you haven't already, to be completely <laughs> honest with you. If you're waiting till this season to say that you've given up on the yeah. franchise, you are truly lost. Hey, my dad's been doing it for 50 years, so he's, yeah, he's but sticking they, around. They've had, they've had like, at least, I don't know, I feel like when they had Drew Stanton, there was they hope. were better than they are right now, at least. Uh, okay, let me, let me sell you a little bit more. Let me sell you a little bit more. We're not going to be world beaters. The Packers are still going to be playing good football, I think. 
I think it was a fluke. I, say it's a fluke, and Aaron Rodgers bounces back. The Packers are still playing great football, which I think is a good possibility. They still it's are four and, or five right? and one. Exactly, they're a good football team. Take a look at the Bears next three weeks in LA playing the Rams. They come back home to play the Saints, and then they're back on the road in Tennessee. That's three tough games. Not like again, if they come out of that with at least two wins. They're a legit team, and I'll, I'll give them that credit. But I don't think – I think they win maybe one of those three. I think the Bears are going to get shown up here in the next couple of weeks. They will. And it's just how it is. I mean, being a Lions fan for all these years, you know they're going to drop one or at least one, possibly that, two That game that in should. Indianapolis, that's going to be a really hard one <clears throat> to pull suppo- That's supposed to be a good game, but I'm saying – they are going to lose to a team that. I'm sorry, but if you think they're going to run the table, <laughs> they will not. There's, there's just no okay. way. I will that admit, run the table. I will admit that, including this game, for them to win seven weeks in a row, that is, uh, that is pulling a miracle. If they win seven weeks in a row. I'll go back to being a Lions fan. Which <laughs> is not going to. You were, you were at one time a Lions fan. Yeah, when I was five and didn't know football. So, <laughs> so before you decided to hop on the rivals bandwagon, we have it. We have it on yeah. record. Yeah, we have it on record that if they go and win these next six games, then I'm, I'm never gonna, going back to being. Oh, then I'm fan. getting you in the Honolulu blue. Sure, <laughs> sure. So there, there we go. That that's it. That's it. That's all I needed right there. Right there. That's all I needed. I'm so okay. No chance. Let's go. Exactly. I'm, I'm pumped. I feel, I'm, I've, yeah, you're Something's pumped. I'm, gonna I'm go feeling wrong. pretty relaxed. I'm right pumped. Here. You're feeling pretty relaxed. Because I know have, that's not gonna happen. You have reason to be. But tell me what happened to tell me what happened to Aaron Rodgers in Tampa Bay. I'll, before I go on my little tirade, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you kind of see what your perspective was on uh, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Obviously, everybody's gonna have their off games. I don't necessarily think of course. Rodgers played bad. I think that one that he forced to the outside, he just didn't put it in enough outside. He was surprised as everybody else was. Oh, yeah. He's a very prolific passer, and he knows his precision. He knows where he needs to place the ball. You could tell in his facial expression after he threw it, like, I'm surprised I even just did that. Yeah. Like. Because he does it so rarely. Yeah, exactly. He does it so rarely. He's normally very accurate with the football. That's just how it is. People have been saying that he's been, you know, the best throw of the football maybe ever. You know, next to Dan oh, Marino. Who who was saying who was saying that? Zach said Literally that. everybody Zach said that. Zach okay, said but that. just name somebody. Name somebody that's a better thrower of the football than him. The guy that beat him. Tom Brady is not a better thrower of the football than you're on drugs if you think Tom Brady is a better thrower of the football. Anyways, I wanted to I wanted to mention that it was a bit of a situational I guess you could you could call it a coincidence, but after three times, I think it becomes more than a coincidence for whatever reason. He's been historically bad. Playing in Tampa, this is with and without Tom Brady. So that you know whether it has to do with Tom or not, Tom Brady sucks. That's irrelevant. <laughs> but yeah. just glossing over that, the last two times he's played in Tampa, he's left of the game with injuries. One being a hip, one being a shoulder. And although he was not, bone, yeah. he was not okay. He was not injured in this last game per se. I mean, his ego might have gotten hurt a little bit. But nah, he's fine. His game was anything but stellar. What do they do to bounce back? I know they got some weapons back on defense, too, with uh, the addition of, like, Kenny Clark coming back and other key players. I'm not even worried about it because I think what also was shown is that you can say Tom Brady, Tom Brady, whatever the hell you guys want, but the Tampa Bay defense is legit. I don't care what anybody says. They're good. Their their defense is insane. And guess who they just signed? Uh, Who? Antonio Brown. Are you legit? Really? You didn't see that? When, When was this posted? One year deal. 
Antonio Brown is going to the Tampa Bay I actually, Buccaneers. I saw something about him getting another chance or something. But I, I love, I love that I was able to break that to you guys. That is legit. I thought he's he was going, going on a one-year deal. He's Everyone a thought he was going to the Seahawks. Still he's going to Tampa Bay. No, there's okay. Well, so right he wants now, to I mean, weren't there again. rumors before the season? There were, there. but now it's real. And rumors are rumors, but this is real. So Tom Brady. Not only does he have Rob Gronkowski, who's had a pretty quiet season as far as Rob Gronkowski Last is concerned. Last game, not so much. He had That's a great true. game he against out. the Packers he after O.J. Howard went down. That's true. So besides glossing over that, he's got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. I think they should be producing way more than they have. Oh, they should be. Oh, yeah. You just hear all those names? I think they need to be producing way better. The thing was... Godwin was out with a hurt hamstring. Mike Evans has been playing on half a foot, supposedly. That's what that's what he's saying. He's got a hurt foot. And then you have from sucking, but he, we'll see about that. <laughs> but then their running back room also with uh what's his name? Uh they have Fournette, I know have, for sure. They have McCoy, um, Fournette. Um who's, who's their there? starter? Something like Roberts or something. It's like Roger. Like yeah, something. but anyways, like their running back room hard. their running back room is stacked too. Really, all around, they're stacked. And you talked about their defense is legit. So when I when I heard they at the beginning be of the season, but... when I heard at the beginning of the season that all these uh, veteran-type guys who have been in the league for a while were going to Tampa Bay to, quote-unquote, ring chase, I was like, okay, like, no way. This is a team that could do that. And they just proved against a solid Green Bay team that they have what it takes to win big-time football. Yeah. I, I still don't think that Packers had every single... I think if both teams are healthy... That's a way better game than it was, and yeah. I I still think the Packers are coming out with that. If they play, say they play later in the season, which is a great possibility. Okay. Um, I I still think the Packers are to come out with it, especially Rodgers in the playoffs is just a little bit different of an animal. Besides, you know, the NFC Championship last year, but yeah, I know I'll admit that, but also. I feel like the defense was a little more of an issue last year, which now I don't think it is because of all the additions that we've made and, you know, just people getting a little bit more experience in the interior defense. Pack- so Packers defense looks really good. And also keep in mind, um, Tampa Bay didn't have Vita Vea, who is their big run stopper right up the middle. Yeah, they did not actually. You're right. I didn't, uh, I didn't think about that. No. And they did a pretty good job. I want to say stopping that run game and Aaron Jones, who was, Lighting it up for the now, first few weeks. Didn't uh, was Adams back for this week too? Yeah, he was. He was back, right? So that we were talking about because well, that's who he was throwing to. He, exactly. Actually, both picks. Both picks. The target was Adams. Adams was the target for so, both interceptions. Yeah, the quick out that he threw that he really? threw a little behind that got jumped. The pick six that was um, targeted toward towards Adams, and then the slant. It was in Adams' hands. Tough grab. But that I did not just, know. It just popped right out. That was supposed to be a big return for Green Bay, too, because we talked about exactly. how last week how Aaron Rodgers has had so little first-round draft picks that he's thrown to yeah. in his career compared to a guy like Tom Brady or pretty much, I mean, shoot, any, any other quarterback, quarterback in the league, ever. right? So for a guy like of his caliber and his pedigree to return, you would think, well, yeah, he should be targeting him. So he, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. glad to hear that at least that he was. But um, kind of shifting gears here a little bit, I wanted to finish on Big Ten football. And it's back right now. Actually, Wisconsin and Illinois are playing as we speak. Wisconsin is up 35-7 to over the Fighting Illini kind of early in the fourth quarter. But anyways, fellas, we got five teams ranked in the top 25 from Big Ten. And they haven't even played a game. So I think that just kind of speaks 
um, to the respect that the AP poll has for these teams and their their caliber of play. Ohio State is at five. Penn State's at number eight. Wisconsin is tied for 14th with UNC, which may be going up after this game. I guess we'll see. Michigan's at 18, and Minnesota is at 21. Those last two teams are actually playing tomorrow. So Michigan travels to Minnesota, who finished 7-2 uh, and two in conference play last year. So that is going to be a huge game. I think Minnesota has kind of been on the cusp of having something really great with P.J. Fleck, you know, yeah, rowing PJ the boat Fleck. and mm. what whatever else they do in Minnesota. They've really, they've really been on the cusp of having something great as far as their football program goes. Oh, yeah. They've had a big win, I feel like, over a big-time opponent and then kind of a slump afterwards. And then another big win and kind of a slump. It, it Does that change? Are they upsetting Michigan here? I guess you could call it an upset due to the rankings. Um, It's all going to depend. I haven't been able – you know – it's gonna be so hard to tell, especially with these That's first true, few games. That's true because they have they've been out of it. Nobody's yeah. nobody's gonna really know. You know, Michigan could come out and just play stellar, or Minnesota could do the exact same. So I I, I honestly have no idea. If you're going off of the teams that they have last year, yeah, I'm taking Minnesota. Michigan's um, got a new quarterback though, a younger quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Joe did not get any snap any snaps. Yeah, I. St- Joe Milton's pretty talented. I'm not gonna. He's lie. a very talented individual, and that's coming from a Spartan. As so. far as as far as game experience goes, game experience known at. He still had a few games though. Yeah, I mean, he and got he's in shown his garbage time his, stuff. But he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not trying to downplay him and say he's not a great quarterback, but playing in a hostile environment in Minnesota and really like this is a primetime game against between, Minnesota's veteran quarterback. Exactly. Playing against a team that is top 25 caliber, this is going to be a game where um, we'll kind of see the best of that quarterback or the worst, depending on um, you know how he performs, obviously. But our first real big uh, taste of Big Ten football is tonight. Illinois, yeah. Wisconsin, as I already mentioned. Wisconsin. Graham Mertz is going insane. He's like 14 for 14. In the first half, he was 14, 14. He was perfect in yeah. the first half, which is, in football, I mean, that is unheard of. I mean, that's yeah. awesome for him to be able to do that. So, Wisconsin obviously ranked 14. People already knew they were going to be on the scene, especially after last year having a great year. But um, a game that I wanted to highlight was next week on Halloween. Michigan, MSU, Ohio, Penn State. Those are going to be two matchups that are going to be absolutely unreal. Oh, yeah. Those are going to be great games to watch. Um, you know, I'd love to say that Michigan State's going to, you know, take yeah, over. Yeah, this, this is going to be a tough one for the Spartans Mason this Blue, year. I definitely have a feeling. I don't know. You you never know. You don't. You don't. Mel Tucker. We saw you never know. No, you have no idea. And like you said, not only have they been out because of COVID and obviously out of experience and not being able yeah, to exactly. be on the field, but a brand new head coach, yeah. right? And this system and you have this – like this whole change of a recruiting class and culture and everything. And they actually I've have a new strength and conditioning coach there too. And this has really been a culture change, I think, for the whole Michigan State program. Yeah. And whether or not that's a good thing, we're going to see here, I think, just tomorrow, really, when they open I the season talent with Rutgers. coming so. in. Yeah, okay, dude. They're yeah, going to Rutgers. I didn't even take down Rutgers. I didn't even put it on our sheet. Hopefully, I'm sorry. I should, I should have written it down. I did not. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, they run away with it, which they will. But, yeah. um, you know, Mel Tucker, just to go off a little bit of a topic, but um, okay. Mel Tucker has done a great job with recruiting. I don't know if you've noticed, but he's done a lot better with recruiting, being like these big four-star recruits in, um, you know, just those uh, just tier players yeah. that, you know, D'Antonio not, never necessarily really did. Now, I will say day. that really wasn't – it was never the identity of Michigan State. Yeah, though. exactly. Like, that they, was they, always, they, they would do the – 
the most with the least. That's is true. What they would do, but at some point you have to think maybe we should try going out and getting those guys because that's exactly. like a team like Michigan. They always have one of the constant best recruiting classes stars. in the country. It's just constant but five stars. You could go on the other side of that, and I definitely will play devil's advocate because I'm a Michigan State fan. Michigan, St- Michigan, excuse me. Michigan goes out and gets all these four and five star recruits. How many Big Ten championships do they have? Uh, I'm, I'm in, in, the, in, the, in the Jim Harbaugh era, in the Jim Harbaugh era, so As, and exactly um, Ohio State victories, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can really argue both sides of the coin. Although I am excited to see a kind of rejuvenated and uh, refreshed Michigan State in their Definitely. culture and see how they come out. Other big games we have uh, an ACC in-state rivalry with UNC, who's number fourteen, and NC State number twenty-three. The Tar Heels are ranked higher, but are three and one in conference play as opposed to the Wolfpack at four and one. NC State, uh, they really haven't been on the scene at least I don't I don't think too long. They've been kind of a quiet program, and I think the opportunity of having some of these Big Ten teams out and having some of these big-time uh, like Pac-12 teams, all these teams, it's given some of these teams we haven't been able to talk about a lot the chance to slip into that top 25 and kind of make a name for themselves and get a little bit of attention. Another game I wanted to look at was uh, Iowa State, excuse me, at number 17. They're going on a run. Uh, we talked about them actually in our first episode of Division One Rejects when they lost their season opener to Louisiana. They beat TCU, Oklahoma, and Texas Tech. Those are three games that are you know big time opponents primetime football games now they're going on the road to play Oklahoma State sitting at number 6 i think they're going to get rolled Oklahoma State looks solid in all facets of the game excuse yeah. me um Chuba Hubbard i don't know I, I thought it was Chuba but the announcers say Chuba i don't really Chuba Purdy is that who you're talking about no, Chubba Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State. Oh, Chubba, uh, Chubba Purdy is the one is the quarterback for Iowa State. Oh, that's what I was getting mixed up. Really? Well, there we go. I the battle of the so. Chubbas or the Chubas. Uh, we'll see. Whatever Anyways, that is uh, that's all we've got for this episode of Division One Rejects. So I wanted to thank you guys for listening, Mike, Zach. Thank you for joining me today. Really appreciate it, no fellas. Problem. Glad we could crank this one out, and uh, I'm excited to watch some Big Ten football. Definitely. I'm super excited to be to see the Big Ten back. It's gonna feel and a little more normal. It really is. Life is returning to normal. Even though at Northern we're kind of locked down football-wise right now, we're going to make the best of it and hope you guys are too. So have a great weekend. Watch some football. Check out the Big Ten. See ya.